0: Alright, it's go time, Low Back Ability Podcast. Today's episode is covering whether can a low core contribute to low back pain. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a full-on protocol that you could take and use twice a week. So today's episode is going to be a little different. I messed up, I'm crunched on time, and I got 20 minutes to do this podcast and get a workout before I have the BBB call with my members. So, I'm going to be hitting my sets as we go and you can see the form. So first can a weak core contribute to low back pain? The short answer is yes, but I want to thoroughly explain what is the core cause I had a deep misunderstanding that led to me really not getting better. I couldn't identify the issue. I didn't know what the core really meant. So I was trying to fix it without knowing what that actually was. So the core is not just the six pack abs, right? The front, Abs that we see here are what most people view as the core, but it's really like the core of an apple, the centerpiece that holds everything together. That's a 360 situation going on, which would include the back of the core, which I'm hitting right now with back extensions, with the larger muscles of the spinal erectors, and then some of the smaller muscles, multifidus rotatoris, interspinalis, all the things, that help reinforce the integrity of the spine. Then we have the front of the core, six-pack abs, which we know about. I guess you could hit something like this. This feels super extreme. First time in my life trying it. Not sure this is the best ab exercise. You could also do something like an L-sit. We'll go over exercise later on, but while I'm exercising, might as well show it. Okay, so L-sits, front of the core. Then we have the sides, and we have the obliques, the transverse abdominis, and then deeper, the QLs. So it's this 360, actually barrel-like, I would view there as there being a ceiling and a floor. And so the floor would be the pelvic floor, the ceiling could be called the diaphragm. There's so much pressure that gets shared all throughout this, and you can tell that these things are correlated because when you sneeze too hard and you have a change of pressure that comes from diaphragm, that comes from breathing, you could hurt your back. And further, I've had members tell me that they see a correlation with their pelvic floor and weird nerve feelings and when all sorts of symptoms that can start to go all into other aspects of health just coming from a back injury. And so when we talk about the core affecting low back injuries, it's not just the six pack abs. And that's what I did not understand because I spent years training abs. I was a track athlete all through high school and there's a weird fanatic obsession with six pack ab training and track. So I would end every single workout with the team doing crunches and all this upper ab, just six pack rectus abdominis stuff. And that may have helped somewhat, but it did not protect me for when I had a sports hernia. It did not protect me for when I had a disc herniation in my back. And so, yes, the core can affect it, but not if you're only viewing the core as this outer front. And so we have to remember the core has 360 and then also has outer layers and deeper layers. So the rectus abdominis, the outside of the core A lot of people train that, but what about the psoas, which is the front, but deeper? And the same on the outsides. People train the obliques, but how many people get to training the QLs, which are deeper? Same on the back. So, we need 360 approach, and we need a outside level, and then we need a deeper level of training. And so, two, let's talk about what matters the most for healing the back. If we show anatomy, Luca, you could put on the screen a top-down cross-section picture of the core. And first, let's just talk about the proximity to the spine. If I have a disc injury right along the spine, you can see it circled, what muscles are probably going to contribute to healing on a circulation level? In terms of providing direct tension to the spine and then providing circulation and residual healing through blood flow and training, Well, the spinal erectors right there are directly on the spine. I'm training that with a back extension hold. And then further, the QLs, which go to the side of the spine, directly attach from the hip to the spine. And then the psoas, which would be trained with something like a reverse squat, some of the deeper ab exercises, that also goes from the femur to the front of the spine. So we have three core muscles that directly sit on the spine. We have the psoas, which goes from the femur to the front of the spine. We have the QL that goes from the iliac crest on the outside of the hip to the sides of the spine. And then we have the spinal erectors which run all the way up the back side of the spine. If we can get healing to the muscles that sit on the bone, it's going to best support the bones and joints and discs and ligaments and everything there that's trying to heal. It's the same thing as the first step of trying to heal the knees. Start with the VMO, start with the tib. Get the vascular tissue above and below pumping. And at the very least, That's going to help you get into the deep knee bending, which will help your healing in your knees. Same thing here, maybe just blood flow to the spinal erector will not heal the disc. It may not heal your joint issues, pars defect, the modic changes, but if you can get circulation and tension to those muscles, maybe it will take you from a hold to being able to do modest reps with half range, until you can handle full range back extensions. Which basically gets you to a toe touch hamstring flexibility, that's serious range at the bottom. And so that journey has to be thorough and basically this is just about proximity to the spine. Let's start to the muscles closest to the spine for the core. Now the other muscles take back that picture Look at the six-pack abs. They're pretty far away. They're on the other side of the organs. Uh, The obliques and transverse abdominis, they're pretty far away. They're in between the organs. Now those things help a lot with bracing and intra-abdominal pressure, like wearing a belt when you're lifting and you expand the belly to try to brace everything. That's good. Um, But in a life where we're not trying to be a robot, we also need to be pliable like bamboo be able to twist, bend, turn, and not be perfect brace. So, I think if we're trying to address the core for the back, where do we already train a whole bunch? We probably don't need to focus too much more on that, honestly, which is the six pack abs. How many of us have trained our abs in our lives? Every single viewer has done something. How many people have actually tried to heal their low back by directly training it? How many people have ever done a direct low back set for a pump or try to get a pump in their QLs. Almost nobody, I didn't know about it, so I'm sure you didn't either. And so wherever we're under-trained, I think we need to focus more on that before trying to put more stability where we're already probably good enough. That was not why we got injured. So yes, the core can affect the low back and injuries too. What matters the most is probably the stuff closest to the spine and where we are severely under-trained compared to where we've trained for years with the six pack. And so three, if I bring you back to what a true core session is, um, I'm missing all my back extension reps. I'm forgetting, I got to go while I talk. <laughs> so a true core session has to involve 360 and the outer layers and deeper layers. And so let's start with the backside of the core. Then showing this, to start more superficial towards the back and just to get the muscles going, we can start with a hold. Getting to two minutes as a standard on two legs is great. If this is too intense, if you're fatiguing on the hamstrings or you're feeling SI joint symptoms, I would move the pad extremely high. Higher than you would for reps because you don't need to go down anywhere. You can put it on your chest and just hold from here. This is gonna take a lot of weight off but relatively more of it's to the low back. So it's a pretty good entry point. As two minutes gets easier there, you would go lower and lower. Now the deep layer of the back, we have to get to full range. Slowly, elbows to the ground is the goal. Opening up, decompressing at the bottom, like an inversion table. That's what separates all the vertebrae of the spine, but now we're getting all the tissue to work to piece the back together. So it's not just relief chasing on separating. We get that here, but on the way up, we get the strength that keeps the spine together. That would bring us further to elephant walks and Jefferson curls, and that's a true deep, deep aspect of healing to the back side of the core. So then if we go to the front side of the core, something more superficial for the abs, rectus abdominis, would be like a gar hammer raise where you could start hanging with just knees that's level one level two would be knees up legs out lower repeat (sighs) super tough level three is just straight legs all the way up all the way down Super tough. <laughs> All of that comes on the spectrum. There's also the L-sit progression, which we could start training to. But that stuff is more emphasizing the hip flexors and the outside of the abs. Pretty good for the back. Not gonna heal it directly. But if we go to the psoas even deeper, that's where stuff like the reverse squat, going out extended super far, and pulling the knees back in, really working the psoas. And then a split squat, taking your time to get in the bottom, that's training the psoas deeper in a long range, which will help release or even out any discrepancy or tightness. And so, that's the front side of the core. The sides, obliques, you could pick one. I'm sure you've walked in a gym and seen people hit 200 of these just to get warmed up. I like side bending, but for me, I would prefer to try to get deeper and deeper so I could start to access the QLs. And so to start training the outside is pretty easy. You could literally just stand and hold. You could do a suitcase carry. You could do any form of offset training that would hit the outer sides of the core. What I think matters more is deeper with the QLs, what we haven't trained, and that would start standing. Sliding down the leg, going sideways, reaching the elbow up. This up and down reach really is what pulls closer to the spine. If you keep everything tight and just drop one hip, and one side down the shoulder, that's the outside, that's the obliques. So it might take a month or two of opening up, getting past the obliques, and transverse abdominus to actually hit a range where the QLs are really tapped and are really getting called on in the stretch. And so that later feeds into, Luca, if you could show a back extension version, which is just more relative body weight, it's more load, you're gonna get deeper. I would uh, definitely be advanced in your forward flexion back extension work before you go sideways that deep. And so just to recap, to give you a tangible protocol with this, you could do a once a week of say the outer stuff of the more outside layer of core, which could be back extension holds. That would be really solid and maybe some gentle reps as you're working up to it. You could work more of the outside of the abs with this right here, working some, of the L-sit progression or gar hammers, and then working something for the obliques or outside, starting your side bending journey, possibly. And then the other day a week, go more deep and try to go for the back. Elephant walks, deep inflection, without a lot of weight, and then leading to Jefferson curls over time once your back is more tolerant. That's where you're hitting more of the nitty-gritty tissue in the core on the backside, aka the spine. And then you can do reverse squat, which is going to be more of the psoas, deeper in the front of the abs, in the front of the core. And then QL off the back extension if you're ready for it. That would hit super deep to the hips and what connects the hips and spine the QL. So I would say a good protocol is twice a week. If you're already healthy, this is a super simple, easy way to build your back to be robust, to get your core balanced out and stop viewing the core as just six pack and then maybe strong enough back. It's a 360 approach. I'm not even gonna talk about breathing in the diaphragm or the pelvic floor, cause that's way out from where I have true experience in perfecting, but I'm a student there and learning still. So yeah, twice a week would be a great approach. One day a week of more of the outside of the core and then one day a week of the deeper stuff. That's just how I've conceptualized it. Maybe you could view it differently. You could do things more extended. You could do back extension holds in extension. Then you could do an ab rollout, the front of the abs extended, you know? And then you could do flexion-based stuff where you're actually going deep into range. And then same, you're compressing the abs and going deep. So the core just needs a more honest full, comprehensive approach if we want to be protected. I didn't understand this, and that's the sort of imbalances I created that led to the disc herniation, to the sports hernia, and even though I thought I had a strong core. I could do av rollouts on my feet. I thought I was super strong everywhere that mattered. I was missing some stuff. So, appreciate you uh, listening through this hectic episode. I got a half ass workout in. I'm gonna do one set to failure right now. I'm gonna go for a hundred, Luca. Fast forward this, but include it so people know I'm not fluff. Hola, Ana. ¿Muy bien qué tal? Oh, nice. Ooh. I'm trying. <laughs> Yo <necesito. laughs> When are you coming for your session? You got to get on this side of the fence and try it out.
1: Uh-huh,
0: eh? Yeah, soon. <laughs> soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's great. It strengthens your low back, big time. I used to have a lot of injuries in my low back. And the disc? Yeah. Oh yeah? You gotta start here and you just hold and it starts to build it very slow. That's how I healed it, I almost needed surgery. Yeah, and then you very gently start to go forward. Oh really? Yeah. Oh I've gotta help that's what I do for work. Yeah. It's help people with that. Yeah. yeah, that's what the videos and stuff. That's all for that. Wow. Yeah, yeah I gotta help you out with that. That'd be great, cuz yeah. it's so bad, I know, like it's really hard. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's true. Whew. What are you about to do? Go to work or go to eat? you leaving? Yeah, boy, uh, i going to the store for, for buy the, the lottery, lottery, oh. lottery ticket. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I th- okay, I think you'll win. See you. Bye bye, ciao. Oh my God, that's not what I needed. Oh my god, where am I at? I don't even know. I'm going to call that 70. 30 more. Uh, I think that's, I think that's 75. Uh, I think that's 80. Ah! Uh, why'd I pick 100? Who am I trying to impress? Oh my god. I could have just said 50. I can't feel my back. Uh, I'm taking breaks. Like I hope y'all didn't think I was going straight. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, Uh, Ninety-five. five more. Ah. Uh, Okay, that's it, that's the episode, I'll see you guys tomorrow, Uh, train the core.